Comics. Comics. Welcome to the Omen Comics Podcast, where we talk about our experiences, influences, and tips on writing comics as the creators of the Omenverse. And as geeks, we often like to celebrate geek holidays, as well as talk about our favorite comics, television shows, and movies, too. I'm your host, Michael Nunley, and with me, as always, is my friend and co-worker, Steve Sellers. Today, we're talking about Rome. Rome has had a big influence on the world and has been a fascination for myself and Steve for decades. We're going to talk about how we first got into Rome, how that bug first bit us, and how Rome has directly affected some of our characters here in the Omenverse. Uh, for me, I gotta say the Rome bug first bit me with the Bible. Hmm. Um, I, uh, I, my, my dad was a pastor and, um, uh, so consequently I, I did a lot of Bible reading myself. Um, but just like, just like I did with, uh, with the Tolkien stories, uh, reading the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit wasn't good enough. I had to have, read all the backstory books to get, you know, I need all the, the world filled in and everything. And so, uh, with with Rome specifically, you know, reading through the the New Testament, uh, you, you Rome is mentioned a lot. It's uh, it directly affects uh, Christ and the apostles, and they make a lot of reference to Roman culture and and Roman ideals and and stuff like that. Uh, Roman character, even, and uh, I just I, I had to know more about it. And that was one of the reasons I went to uh, Bible college, actually. Um, I, I didn't want to, uh, when I was reading through the word, I didn't want there to be a reference made that I didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just weird like that. I, I got to have all my ducks in a row. Um, but one of the things that uh, I, I really liked besides because the, the studying, uh, while it's fun, it, you know, if that was all I did, it'd be a little dry. Um, one of the one of the things I like to do was uh, watch the History Channel. Uh, they they would uh, go through a lot of different types of programs uh, that would cover stuff that the history books tend to tended to leave out. Uh, stuff like the life of a soldier and uh, you know what Julius Caesar's life was actually like and. Uh, you know, what was Emperor Nero like, and what were the things about him? Uh, how did he grow up? Who were his parents? Uh, you, you, it, I don't know. It, it told told essentially what was told in history, but it combined some cultural stuff that the history books left out to uh, fill it in. It seemed more, seemed more real and cemented that way, if you know what I mean. Yeah. No, I was going to say that makes a lot of sense, and I would say it's in kind of a natural path, uh, especially considering the kind of things that we do in the comics now. 
right right the the big hook um this one i think you can relate on was uh the mythology oh yes um i was already into greek mythology uh when when i started learning about rome and uh you know anybody who's familiar with greek mythology that reads roman myths will say hey wait a minute i've heard this before Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of different stories that uh, definitely uh, recur. And then, you know, after a while you find out, okay, the guy that the planets are named out of is the same character uh, from the Greeks throwing the lightning bolt. So, yeah, I mean, right. you, you make those kind of connections. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I, I don't know. I guess, um, I don't know how to say that. I guess I, I kind of respected Rome more when I mm-hmm. found out that they were kind of copying the Greeks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, imitation is the highest form of flattery. Right, right. So how about you, Steve? Okay. Uh, Yeah, mine is a little bit more off the beaten path. Um, I really kind of discovered it uh, when my parents would come from Europe, um, and particularly Spain and and Britain, and then they would bring me back uh, Asterix um, cartoon books. And I would just end up reading those, and I was just absolutely fascinated because they really dealt a lot with ancient Rome, even though it was kind of a parody. Uh, So for those of you who have never read it, um, they are available in the U.S. now. They were not when I was growing up. Um, And basically what they were about were about this little diminutive uh, Gaul, um, a Frenchman of the Roman period, um, who would drink a magic potion um, and would be fighting uh, fighting the Romans because... What had happened was they're the last village um, that uh, withstood the the Roman invasion. Everything else was conquered. And so you have this little village uh, with these guys who drink this magic potion that give them super strength. Um, So you had the main character, Asterix, who's this little fighter. And then his partner was Obelix, who is a giant guy uh, who has permanent super strength because he was uh, basically drowned in the magic potion when he was a baby. So he grew up being this huge guy. And so um, these two people would go running around ancient Rome, uh, or at least the empire at the time, you know, doing these really weird adventures. And and they were designed to be humorous. I mean, they were funny. Uh, Like one of the ones that I read, uh, you know, was uh, Asterix and the Laurel Wreath, I think it's called, uh, where they had to go and get the Laurel Wreath from Julius Caesar uh, so that they could put it in a meal. Like they would use the the laurels, you know, and actually sprinkle them like you would with parsley. So they would do they would just weird stuff like that, and that that would and that would kind of start it. Um, and then you know later on, um, you know, I would watch Star Wars and I would see like the connections, like oh wow, this is really kind of like ancient Rome. Um, and and a lot of it is, especially uh, later on once you start seeing the prequels and all of this, you know. But the whole idea of there having been a republic. And replacing with an empire complete with a senate that all comes from rome right. um, so so i mean I, you could definitely see that even then um later on um i actually took uh, a couple of semesters of uh latin in middle school and some of that uh, came with uh not just like you know knowing like certain words but also learning a little bit about the culture um you know about how like the regular people lived at that time uh, and, you know, kind of in addition with the history and so forth. So I had a bit of grounding there. And uh, then there was also um, Monty Python's I, I, Life of Brian. 
I'd like to I'd like to touch on that a little bit for a second. Sure. The uh, the Latin was one of the things that I found intriguing about Rome, uh, in that and how they in that how they affected the world around them to such yep. a degree. Um, and language is uh, a big, a big thing. If you can actually get people to stop speaking their language and speak your language, yep. that's a pretty huge influence. And Rome did that uh, across across the the known world at the time. I mean, how many languages are built are based on Latin? Yeah, many. Um, and you know, the idea is it's a social glue as well. I mean, if you're speaking the same language, you're part of the same culture. So yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, and really, I mean, when you keep in mind, even English um, is basically a mixture of Latin and um, Anglo-Saxon German. Uh, so we get like these weird things that are very Latin, um, you know, using a lot of the same words. And then on, on the other hand, you have like Germanic uh, words as well. But a lot of that, you know, is because those um, cultures mixed in as well, um, you know, towards the end, especially with the Germanic tribes, uh, you know, and Rome fighting and then, you know, the conquest by Rome of them. So, yeah, you definitely got a lot of that. You know, it never occurred to me before. English is kind of the mutt of the language family. Yeah, yeah, it is because <laughs> French, French, for example, is very much more of uh, direct Latin. So is Spanish, uh, Italian as well, obviously. Uh, right. But yeah, but English is definitely like a a, a weird mixture. <laughs> All right. So you're. Oh yeah. I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Go ahead. Yeah, no problem. And then the last bit was Monty Python's Life of Brian. Uh, if any of you have seen uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, uh, and you should because that is an awesome movie, uh, this is by the same people. And uh, basically it's it's dealing with the life of Jesus, um, and it's kind of a parody. Uh, not, not necessarily of the religion itself, though there is some of that, um, but also making fun of uh, the Romans as well, so they were so they were basically hitting everybody. They were always like in an equal opportunity um, mockery going on with them, uh, and and one of the things that always kind of struck me with with that was the scene where uh, there's a meeting of the People's Front of Judea, which is the anti-Rome um, liberation group uh, in Jerusalem, and uh, there was this whole uh, argument over. Well, aside from this, what has Rome done for us? And uh, they and the people in the meeting would keep on coming up with things, and uh, and they would just keep adding to it. And it's like, well, aside from you know the language and the roads and the aqueducts and all this other thing, what have Rome ever done for us? Um, it, and and I and I think that that's a valid point because you know we tend to think of like okay Rome was an imperial conquering nation you know they did slavery and they did horrible stuff yes that's true and we should all you know be mindful of that but on the other hand look at what they contributed to modern culture because of conquest uh, and that's really has been unfortunately one of the great vehicles uh, for cultural contributions uh, Alexander the Great did the same thing. Um, but with Rome, it was, you know, the traveling of technology, of um, new ideas, you know, cultural exchange, you know, that was done through that. And so it's one of those things that I, I kind of laugh at, but it's also one of the things that I keep in mind with Guardians of the Lamb as well. And that's why I try to show a lot of different viewpoints um, of Rome in that series, because I think we want to... We, we want to have like, um, we don't want to be a one-sided look at it. We want it to, we want to show them fairly and accurately. 
Right? Uh, I, I don't think that the... Uh, the world would definitely not be what it is now because uh, if not for if not for Rome, but uh, a couple of things that they that they did specifically um, really affected. Like for instance, I mean we're talking about uh, billions of people, and uh, while it may not seem like a huge feat now, building those roads was a big deal. Mm. Um, and while I mean pre Constantine. Uh, being a Christian in Rome was not a fun thing to do. Uh, and but, however, even though they uh, oppressed the Christians and they would do things like uh, tie them up around a pole and uh, use them as lighting for their dinner and throw them in the gla- the gladiatorium so that they can uh, be eaten by lions or whatever beast they had there that week. Um, they were they were basically fodder for the Roman Empire pre-Constantine. Mm. However, if not for those roads that they built, Christianity would not have spread as it did. Yep. Yeah, that, that's actually one point that I'm going to get into um, in an arc of Guardians, uh, because there's going to be something they're going to have to do, uh, or otherwise Christianity doesn't spread the way that it's supposed to. And thus the... You know, the Chacord uh, ideas don't get spread the way that they want it to. Um, so, yeah, I would say that's definitely true. And also, Constantine coming to power uh, makes Rome, uh, makes Christianity accepted. Uh, right. And that's so as much as there was a lot of pain and a lot of horrible stuff that happened to Christians during that time. In the end, I mean, you could argue that Rome was good for the for Christianity because it spread so far and wide and because um, it became a legitimized religion in the empire eventually right rome really accomplished bringing the world together there's a reason they called that the roman lake all Mm -hmm. of those countries and cultures uh were brought under one roof Mm -hmm. and that 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 couldn't have happened without rome and their roads yep those trade routes made it made a huge deal too uh, yeah, so, I mean they crossed they crossed to the east even so yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned the guardians. Uh, yes. I know that uh, the Rome had a big part in uh, the forming of the guardians. You could say. Well, yeah. I mean, it, a lot of the idea was um, because a lot of it is basically Roman justice or lack thereof at that time. Uh, <clears throat> That leads to the Guardians happening because our main character, Marius, is a Roman centurion and, you know, he's obeying the laws of Rome at that time. And so what he's doing is upholding Roman law. And as much as we may now realize, okay, you know, it was not a very just system. I do um, show a little bit of that um, in the first issue. The, The fact is all the characters are shaped by Rome because at that time Jerusalem was a Roman protectorate. Um, you know, there were legions that were, you know, in Jerusalem at that time. Um, and so a lot of it is the culture clash uh, between the conquering power and, um, you know, the Jewish culture that was under it. Uh, and which was already in the heat and the um, period of change, because this was the time when Jesus was uh, set to be executed. And so, um, you know, we want to kind of show like how Rome affects all of these characters. 
you know, so you have a character, you know, who does, you know, believe, you know, firmly in Roman law. You have characters that really despise Rome, uh, like Kabash, who was a gladiator. Um, you have, uh, you know, characters that are living under Roman rule at that time. And we want to show that viewpoint, which is um, Renan and Rivka. Uh, and then you have, you know, characters that are not as connected to it at all, like uh, Cyrus, who was from Alexandria and who benefited quite a bit economically, um, you know, from the Romans having occupied Alexandria. Uh, so, you know, the, there, I wanted to show uh, characters that have a lot of sounds. Uh, before we get into the point where, you know, uh, Marius stabs Jesus uh, on the cross with a spear and messes up all time and space. So, you know, even if Rome is not necessarily where the characters are at or at any given time, the Roman influence will always affect them because of where these people have been in the past. Uh, and they carry it with them across time and space. And, you know, there are going to be times when we'll deal with Rome again in, uh, in certain stories. Um, you know, we'll be dealing with uh, Troy um, and the Ark after that. And, you know, if you know the, the legends or at least uh, know the Aeneid, you know that one of the uh, Trojan royal family leaves and they start Rome, uh, at least according to legend. Um, that may not have actually happened that they were descended from the Etruscans, but um, I like the idea enough to play with. Um, so, you know, those kinds of things, uh, you know, come back in into the series, you know, as we deal with um, moral questions, as we deal with, you know, time travel, should they mess with this bit of history? Should they not? And then, you know, maybe going into Rome later on. I, I know you're you want to deal with the Mad Roman, who is a, a major character, uh, the Guardians of Me meeting, and uh, who also plays a big part in the Omen mythos. Yes, uh, the Mad Roman. Uh, basically, uh, if you've been following along in Omen, you know about uh, the Omen armor, and uh, you know about how Shakur was uh, formed in order, like a like a special forces for heaven, and uh, they created this armor. Uh, he in order to help them fight against well, the forces of hell. Um, however, uh, it's one of those situations where um, you give one soldier, the, the, you give two soldiers the same weapon and they'll do something different with it. Um, it the mad, with the Mad Roman, it was uh, their first attempt at uh, finding somebody who could use the armor, use it and uh, really embrace its purpose. And uh, well, that, that, that was the Mad Roman. Um, kind of like how uh, less destructive than the Infinity Stones, but how only certain people, people are capable of carrying one. Um, the, the Omen armor basically turned uh, the Roman mad. Um, it it uh, made him very violent, uh, made him uh, uh, a psychopath, and eventually uh, they had to come and deal with him uh, because of that. Uh, he he was a lot like um, how you get these well-intentioned Roman emperors that uh, come to the to the throne. 
and uh, then they just go off on their own little tangent and completely wreak havoc on Rome. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, that was what happened with uh, the Mad Roman when he took the armor. Yeah, we're going to eventually get into Guardians, and one, and if you want to get an idea of how powerful uh, the Mad Roman was, um, keep in mind that he was responsible for the Great Fire of Rome that happened during the reign of Nero. Um, that's something I, I'm really kind of looking forward to getting into eventually. <coughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that story as well. I'm also uh, I'm, I'm also looking forward to the day when uh, uh, Omen might get to do a little bit of, shall we say, time traveling of his own. That should that could that sounds interesting. Very yes. interesting. Yeah, so uh, I guess we both kind of came to Rome uh, from different from different angles. Yours was kind of a a, a fandom intrigue. Mm -hmm. uh, mine mine was more mine was more of a, a knowledge based thing. I'm kind of a, mm -hmm. I'm kind of a nerd like that. I I like to know everything. <laughs> yeah, I think we arrived kind of in the same place though, which is really interesting. Right. Right. Yeah, I think um, I think that, that that needing to know everything actually uh, uh, was is why the Omen verse is as elaborate as it is. Because um, we I use like everything, and everything. What was that? We use everything and everything. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, if you have any, if you have any thoughts or favorites or things you'd like to talk about on Rome, please feel free to comment, and we will get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you for listening to the Omen Comics podcast. This has been Steve Sellers and Michael Nunnally here with Omen Comics, and uh, we encourage you to look into all our Omenverse titles wherever they might be sold, including Comicsology, Amazon, uh, Draw Me in Comics, and elsewhere. Uh, if you like our content, please like, subscribe, hit the magic bell for notifications. And until next time, we'll see you in the Omenverse. I hope you've had fun hanging out with us today on ORP. I know that Steve and I have had fun making this episode. If you've had fun too, we invite you to share this episode and help us get the word out. For our Spotify listeners, we ask you to please rate our show as well. That can really help to grow our audience. But to all our listeners everywhere, we want to say thank you for listening and we'll see you in two weeks.